Welcome to Season 2, Episode 9 of the Staggies You Podcast. We've got three games to cover today, along with a preview to the Dundee game. 6-0 this time, please, Malky. So we've got Dundee United and St Mirren. Obviously, we'll go in chronological order. And also the best result of the three uh, against Jack Ross's Hibs. A 1-0 victory. Um well finished very well narrow victory with uh uh one of the hips players but uh good all round oh and i'm joined by peter mckay and will comrie that i fr- see i'm rusty we need to do these podcasts more often anyway that win yeah it was, it was a massive result it was only our second win of the season um and i think it was in in due course as well because we'd been obviously had a bit of a stop start run with um postponements and things with this Hibs game and international breaks so yeah it was the, it was a massive massive win to to come straight back into um I thought it was probably one of our better performances of the season and it was the kind of game that after it got postponed because of the whole COVID debacle with Hibs you thought oh they're out of form they're going to come back and they're going to beat us aren't they but we did them which was surprising because our record against them recently has not been that great for memory. It's it really it really hasn't been well apart from the the one win uh, last season they battered us uh, earlier on in the season. Um, I'm not really sure why expected, but a win was uh, obviously the best thing possible. But also absolutely crucial, especially uh, playing against a Martin Boyle who had just scored a hat trick against Rangers. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think it shows improvement again of that that back four because we've asked a lot of questions over certain people who play in that back line, and I think especially Jack Baldwin for me. I think he proved us wrong in that game and continued to do so, which we'll talk about in a bit. But definitely, I think a lot of them have stepped up their game, and it's showed in that Hibs game. And I do think it has proven yeah, the, the weird argument that Connor Randall is better down the left than down the right because he kept um, Boyle pretty quiet when Boyle went on the right on the right hand side for Hibs. He got away from him once, I think. It's like the booking. Yeah, I don't, I don't, don't know what's up with that. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. I'm not sure he's in his time with us. He hasn't had many notice, uh, notable crosses. I just wonder if on the left he can cut inside a bit and play some shorter passes. That might be it. But no, he's looked really solid there up until um, when he got shifted to the other side against St. Moon, which we'll get onto later. Uh, moving on, uh, we could have had um, more than one goal in this one before we get onto the obvious goal. I mean, the way the goal went in, how the other chances didn't go ahead and go in instead of this one with uh, uh, Jordan White having a header from a, a, a Hungbo, Hungbo free kick. Um, which um, White's our top scoring striker still, still, but um, he got he got dropped in the third game. I know I'm jumping between places, but uh, what do you think of White in this one? If you can remember that far back, because again we've been uh, inconsistent. Yeah, I mean he was okay. I think I mean to to focus on that chance. I think definitely looking at it uh, when I was at the game, I definitely like it. It was harder to score. It was hard to miss, sorry, because oh, he, he he did miss. Um, 
But um, even on the replays, I think he definitely should have done better. But again, I'd maybe put that down to him being low on confidence. I know you've just said he's our top scoring striker, but that is only like two goals or something. So again, I think a Jordan White of the end of last season who was full of confidence playing under John Hughes probably would have finished that chance, to be honest. Yeah, agreed on that one. Yeah, definitely agree. Um, Second half, I had some moments with Boyle. It's only really notable moment of the game. I say m- m- moment of the game because after the game he had uh, his most m- notable moment. Uh, Hungbo tested Macy uh, with a curling shot, but then Spittle comes on for Regan Charles Cook and with one of his like first touches of the game, just puts a cross completely through the box past White and scores. It was just bizarre. I mean, I don't think he meant it. Um. But, I mean, if he did mean it, fair play, but I don't think he did. But I think it was really, really bad defending on Hibbs' part just to let that cross somehow go all the way through and literally trickle into the back of the net. There was no venom on the on the cross, really, at all. It's it was... shocking goalkeeping as well, but something I just... Sorry, Will. Um, yeah. Something I just uh, want to say is that Spittle is such a good... First of all, he's such a good shooter and he's such a good crosser. He's just got that pure quality on delivery, especially on his right foot and even on his left. Um, he's one of those players that if you see him over a free kick or even just running down the wing, you know the ball's... <clears throat> Sorry. <coughs> Sorry. More often than not, uh, man, uh, which is what you want to see. And uh, it's going to be good. And I think that little bit of luck... Um, Spittle deserves, especially after finding himself a little bit out of the team. I personally think he actually kind of meant that goal. I think he knew he was going to put it and he's like, it might go in the net if no one gets a nick on it. But then all the Hibs defence hesitated and the keeper went down really, really, really late. So it's gone. He's good enough with this crosses that I can believe he meant that. Fair enough. Uh, to be to be fair, if he told if he told me that, I wouldn't be completely um, disbelieving of it. Um, as I said, he's a quality player. He's got he's got his head up, Cardo, and certainly and all that. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I I agree to an extent. I think it really just comes down to again, well, like what you said, the defending and goalkeeping was really just quite embarrassing for a team who are meant to be one of the big boys in the league. Yeah, and uh, since they're, they're on a bit of a down, down, downward spiral at the moment, <clears throat> but it doesn't make this result uh, less impressive, I don't think. And uh, it nearly became better, or it probably should have, when uh, Macy um, gives it straight to Hungbo, who logs over, and it takes an age to come down, and the whole stadium's in suspense and whether this is going in, but it goes just over uh, Hungbo from outside the box, trying to chip it over Macy. Uh, into the open goal. Well, I'll let you speak first this time. The only defence I can possibly give for Hungo missing it is the fact that he's trying to make it so high because Macy's just so big. He's enormous. He's trying to make sure it's out of his hand, out of his arm's width. And because of that, he's just clipped it too hard. That's all I can think of because he really should have put it on the back of the net. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think... a... Sorry, Ramsey. I think it's kind of one of those with Hungo. He kind of... He seems to score the ones you wouldn't expect him to and sort of fumbles the easier chances and easier opportunities. 
Um, obviously, obviously he's under pressure and stuff like that. But no, I'm in complete agreement. I think if he goes anywhere else, even if he keeps it low, chances are it's probably going to go in if he if he gets the accuracy right. Yeah, not his finest moment. Uh, but right after that, um, Christian Deutsch, um just signed a new contract for Hibs before this game and absolutely clatters David Cancola. Uh, got his food right in his stomach. I wasn't actually looking at the pitch for whatever reason. I can't remember when this um, when this tackle went. And then I look up and the red card's been given. And I've seen the I've seen the, the Hibs fans for some reason were outraged. Um, and I looked at the replay when I got home, and it's an absolute reducer. Yeah, I, I think it's a red card. But to be honest, like if if he got given a yellow, I wouldn't have been, you know, I wouldn't have been overly shocked. I think he, you know, the studs are high. He does get studs in the stomach, but. I think the the fact of the red card is probably more so that he sort of kicks out at Cancola afterwards once the connection's made. But yeah, I think a red card's a red card's definitely the right decision. But like I said, if it was a yellow, I wouldn't have been I wouldn't have t- wouldn't have had too many complaints to be honest. Yeah, maybe reducer. <clears throat> sorry, maybe reducer is a bit of a, a a strong word. There wasn't much speed in it, but. I don't know what the word. Well, studs up, I suppose, and right into the. It, it's a it's a sore one. Uh, Will, what are you thinking about that? Yeah. It's one of those ones that um, I don't think it's intentional by Deutsch. I just don't think he sees Concola there, so he's he's gone for the ball with the studs up and Concola's there, and he's not seen him. But then he does kind of follow through, and it's not the most pleasant follow through. So I I think it's a red, but it's it's not it's not like a nasty horrible one where he meant to really go out and injure Concola. It's purely accidental. For the initial contact. Fair enough. I might need to watch that uh, a few more times because I've put in the notes: Dodge snaps Cancola in half. Uh, so maybe I need to uh, review my hyperbole. Uh, but after that, we didn't spurn one 0 up with a man down, which would have been ultimate county. Uh, but we uh, didn't make it make things easy towards the end with Clark and Spittle missing their one on ones, um, and then. After the final whistle, uh, Martin Boyle has his moment, uh, melding off of the referee. Yeah, that that Clark chance. Um, if he put that in the back of the net, I believe he would have won me five hundred pounds on a bet. So I'm never going to forgive him for that one. Um, honestly, I, I've never thought Harry Clark would be able to score a chance as as, as clear as day. And yeah, Matt Macy. But anyway, That's I mean. Great. That was honestly, I don't. I think that's probably like the easiest chances I've seen us give away in a long time. Between Clark, the spittle one that was orbited out of the jail end, and Hungbo failing to fucking put the ball in the back of the net with a one on one. I mean, we really should have had at least three goals in that game. I'm um, probably more. Yeah. Sorry, wait there. On you go, Ramsey. Just no, nah, just go on. I nothing particularly. So, I'm probably more disappointed by the um, the spittle one. That was like he'd been taking shooting lessons off uh, Paddy Payton. It was like it was almost back up in the black aisle. It was that bad a shot. The Clark one, at least it's on target, and he's a right back. You don't expect right backs to really score. Although he did score the one off his outside of his boot um, a couple of weeks ago, but it, the ball should have gone in. We should be looking at a three 0 win quite frankly. 
Yeah, true. Clark's a defender, but uh, now nowadays I just say to myself, it's Harry Clark. It doesn't matter what positions he's in. He's just going to absolutely hammer it into the net. He's just, he, yeah, I mean... He is a defender by trade, but honestly, I would I just really want to see us play him uh, like like somewhere unique, just because I know he'll play well there anyway. Yeah, I I, I was gonna say if we've got a dead rubber dead rubber at any point, just play him up front. But the the place we are, I don't think that's going to be very likely. <laughs> dead rubbers don't exist in Dingwall. <laughs> no, no, unfortunately not. Um, any notable performances you want to pick out uh, in this game that you wanted to highlight before we move on to Dundee United? Uh, I would say Jack Baldwin. I thought this game, I've criticised him a lot, and this game I really thought, like, okay, he looks solid. Like, he, he's not done anything wrong at all. Um, and I'd probably say mm, Hangbo, I'd probably say. I think he's always causing trouble down the flanks. Um I, I thought the whole team were were good, to be fair, and I think for the for the second part of the question, you're probably going to ask. I don't think anyone played poorly. Yeah, me neither. I think it'd be really hard to say anyone played poorly, especially with that uh, uh, good result. I thought Tilson um, had a pretty good game. He's been pretty consistent lately, uh, in my eyes. I was going to mention Tilson actually as well. I thought he was solid. He was quite a bit effective. Jordan Tilson personified Dundee United. Um, the lineup, uh, two changes. Uh, David Cancola came in. It came in for Ross Callahan uh, after his sub appearance against Hibs, and uh, Blair Spittle, if I'm correct, came in for Joseph Hungbo, which was a uh, Hungbo being seen as probably our most effective attacker recently. That might have been a little bit of a shock. Yeah, definitely. I'd say it was. I wouldn't have dropped him personally. Um, I think it was harsh. But, I mean, obviously, it's a different team. You have different tactics, but it was, you know, pretty much a like for like swap. So it was interesting thinking from Mister Mackay. Just guess it was a tactical squad, a tactical swap because Dundee United played a straight up, pretty much four four one one, whereas Hibs played a a three. Maybe that's all I can think of. Yeah, I guess Spittle gives you more defensive tracking if you need it. Mm-hmm. Rather than he also, on, when he's on the right-hand side, he offers more width. That's another thing I can think of. Yeah, probably better deliveries as well. Yeah, I suppose. Um, <clears throat> sorry. We got on the uh, front foot in this game. Jack Baldwin hit the post twice uh before his notable moment the first one um he hit he hit the post instead of the bar and harry payton uh you spoke about his shooting earlier will had a shot to be fair to ryan edwards it's a mental goal line clearance this one yeah i don't think there's much more payton can do he gets it on target hits it hard but edwards just gets right and then he's a, he's a big man to get past edwards as well i agree you can't really uh chastise payton for this one even uh, even if his goal scoring record isn't isn't the best, it was it was a well struck shot. Uh, went over the bar uh, from Edwards, and just a moment after, Edwards nearly went from hero to zero, and he nearly scored an own goal, but instead just gave away a corner. Yeah, 
moving on. Um, not much happened uh, between that and the halftime whistle, but I, I'm not sure what Tom Tam Courts uh, fed them in the 15 minutes, but they came absolutely flying out of the blocks. And to be fair, apparently, this is really, really bad defending for their goal, right? But this apparently, he's got four players around him, and he still he turns away from those behind him. I think it's Iakovic and Peyton. And he just slides it under Maynard Brewer with that amount of pressure. It's great play, but we should have cleared this one. Yeah, it was it was painful to watch. It was it was really the Ross County of the start of the season and where, you know, any shot on goal was going in, anything that landed in the box was gonna result in a goal. Um I think in particular it was poor from Yakoviti. I think, you know, he's he's been criticized for that a lot in the past where he's sort of when he's too tight to his man and then they they can easily roll him just because they've got the size or speed on him. Um, and a Perry, I mean, I guess he's quite a big guy, but I don't think he's that good a player. And again, maybe Maynard Brewer should do better, but maybe that's been a bit harsh as well. Yeah. For once, I'm not going to go at Ashley Maynard Brewer. <clears throat> I'm going to blame, yeah, 12. Iakovic, I suppose, takes the brunt of it. Uh he hasn't gotten properly spun like that in a while. I suppose it was only a matter of time. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. You, you do have to admire it, admire it to an extent. Uh, but, yeah, Will, anything to add to that? Um, I've actually just um, freeze-framed the goal on YouTube and Yakoviti, he's showing Aperere the goal, basically. He's not showing him to the corner flag. He's let him turn and go face on the goal. Baldwin's not in a great position, um, but he, it's not his man, so it's not his fault. But Yakovic should be doing far, far better. And everyone's just waiting for someone to react, and nobody does. Um, Maynard Brewer probably should have done better. It's literally just rolls past his foot. So, yeah, not a good showing all round at all. I think probably yeah. between this game and the Hibs game, <clears throat> Sorry, and even before that, I think that's probably the the only sort of glimpse we've seen of that horrid defending. I think I don't want to jinx anything here, touch wood, but in general, I think I would say that we've kind of managed to get most of that out of Yakoviti and Baldwin. Is that and maybe hopefully all of our centre halves is that sort of silly decision making, which could be so easily avoided. And I think I was kind of scared that. After that, maybe their confidence would drop and that Dungeon United would pile it on, but thankfully they never. Yeah, uh, that didn't happen. There was no more ducking under footballs. Um, Dundee United did dominate for a while, but Jack Baldwin uh, wasn't wasn't to be beat. Um, well, he didn't get it quite this time, but he hit the bar with another header, um, putting, a, putting in a striker's performance more than anything with the amount of chances he had. Couldn't have done much more with this one, but we were really piling off uh, on the pressure until the elephant in the room. Yeah, I, I think I'm just looking at the notes. You've written that Dins United dominated for a while, and I think that's fair. But I think um, overall in that game, I didn't think they looked good at all. I, I thought they were poor. They got one lucky chance with our poor defending, managed to score from it. Credit to them. They took their chance. But other than that, I think they had nothing going forward and I don't think they were very impressive at all. And I think they did beat us at Tanadice 1-0. They were much better that day. So I think 
they've definitely gone downhill slightly, in my opinion. United were torture to watch, but I think they were. I I think up until the up until we equalised, I think they put in a pretty well. I think they were. I think they, I think they were professional more than played well. Yeah. Okay. That. But yeah. Okay. I'll I'll accept that. I guess. Um. But then Harry Clark, who was on a booking, gets sent off for an elbow quotation marks. And I'm particularly salty about this because the ref doesn't even go to book him until he's surrounded by Dundee United players. Yeah, this was shocking. Um, first yellow card. Uh, I have no complaints whatsoever. Uh, it's a yellow card. Um, there's not much more to be said on that. Um, but the second one, I don't think it's uh, worthy of a booking whatsoever. Uh, it's maybe just worthy of a foul. Um, he goes up for the header. He's using him for, for leverage to get up in the air and win the ball, which he does. And then Flo Hottie drops to the ground, holding his back. Like you said, Ramsey, the Dingy United players rally around the ref. And then he thinks, oh, well, it must have been a bad challenge. Better get my, better get my card out here. That's an absolute joke. Will, what are you saying? Um, yeah, I would, I would totally, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a book in any means. It's, it's a file. He's gone at the back of the guy, but it, it's not really, there's nothing, there's not a lot in it. And the guy goes down, he's like holding the back of his head and his elbow, I think it hits the, his, his back, I think. And it's his lower back as well. Yeah, I'm pretty it's sure. It's nowhere near his head. And it's the kind of thing that, I know you talk about, but it's this kind of thing that younger players do get done by other players when they're inexperienced, you know, rolling around and look, looking for a yellow and. When you're on a yellow, you don't want to give a referee any questions because you know what he's going to do to a club like County. He'll send our player off. It's happened so many times before. It's, yeah. Even if you um, put it in the perspective of, our oh, Clark's perhaps showing his inexperience there, I think it's, re- it's really daft from the referee. And it, um, it could have possibly should have cost us any chance of getting any draw out of this game it was like and uh i particularly liked i'm saying particularly too much i liked um harry clark on the on the replay you just see the cameras focus on him and he has the what he's the most this is bs facial expression and he uh continues to assume that expression all the way down the tunnel i assume um it was nuts but we didn't uh we didn't lie down joe hungbo the last minute free kick which he uh, floats into the box. And I thought, and a lot of people thought, this went all the way in. And I swear to God, if this was the second cross that goes uh, all the way in, uh, last-minute goal we'd had in uh, two consecutive games. But on replays, Jack Baldwin, the man who hit the post so much throughout this game, got the last touch. Yeah, what a moment. What a moment. Um, I was exactly the same. And I think just about every match report I read was the same, um, in that they thought Hangbo had, had managed to do it again right at the death, put it all the way in from a free kick. Um, but it's one of those ones where it's it's right in the corridor where something's gonna happen. It's just like the perfect delivery. Um it was an outswinger as well, which was interesting, but again, he's got that quality, such a good ball and enough power on it that all it needed was that little tiny touch from Baldwin to put it in the roof of the net. I think it probably would have gone in anyway if Baldwin hadn't touched it, but it's the best thing to do. If, if, if you're not quite sure if it's going to go in or not, make sure it goes in. And there's not many things better than scoring a late-minute late minute equaliser against Dundee United, quite frankly. Yeah, we've seen one of those before, haven't we? Uh, Jamie Lindsay? <laughs> a lot of celebration for that one. 
Uh, come home, please. <laughs> yeah, but um, the celebrations were were great. Uh, Joe Hongbo went off uh, with a brilliant knee slide, which I thought was well deserved, even though he didn't get the final touch. Um, Baldwin was pretty pretty muted in his celebration. I'm not sure if he even even he know, knew it was if it, it was over the line or not uh, before he got the touch, but uh, it didn't matter in the end, as uh, Joe Hungbo said in his interviews. Um, and that to, this, it wasn't a clean sheet this time, but it was two games in a row where we hadn't lost a game. And um, I think I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna say here. Um, Obligatory, I dislike Malky Mackay, but I think he deserves credit for the way he's um, he's taken his pelters, and I'm I'm just talking about the football side of things here. He's taken his pelters for his his tactics, especially after the Livingston game. But I think he's stabilized the ship relatively well after that one. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think, I mean, you just have to listen to that podcast from a couple of weeks ago. How negative we were, how down in the mouth we were. You know, we thought that his his tenure was, you know, going to be coming to an end soon if we had anything to do with it. But I have to agree. I've got to say a massive fair play um, because as it stands, he really has turned things around and we genuinely look like a team that want to go and win games now. And, you know, I, I have confidence now that we can do that and that we have the players to do so as well. Yeah, fully agreed. I mean, uh, about a month ago, I was thinking, oh, it's going to be over in a month or so. But I think we're about in the form table. We're about mid-table, I think. We've taken, we've had, we're in better form than Hibs, for one, anyway. And we're not far off um, second bottom now. So I've got not really a lot of plates. A lot of the rubbishy errors we were making have been kind of slowly getting taken out of our game. So football-wise, things are looking up. Yeah, yeah. Um... Can't really argue with any of the, uh, any of that. Uh, on St. Mirren, oh wait, we haven't done a performances yet. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, out of the three, this is the one I remembered the least about, even the St. Mirren game, which I was busy during. Um, in terms of performances, I think I wanted to single out uh, Cancola, but I thought he was excellent. Yeah, I agree. Um, again, I'd put Hugbo in there. Um, I think every game he plays for us, he's going to be in there just because of the amount of havoc he causes. Um, and although we quieted down a bit um, at the start of the second half, every time he got the ball, he always looks to make something happen. Um, and that's just what you need. Um, poor performances. I'd be tempted to put White in there because I really just think that Mulgrew and uh, Ryan Edwards really had the better of him that game. I don't think the he don't think he really managed to make the ball stick at all. Um, so yeah, I think that would be mine. I thought White. Um, I think I would like. I can't really argue that much. I probably, I personally wouldn't put him in there. I thought he played his part decently well. I agree, he definitely didn't make it stick. Um, but there were a few instances where he um, kept it in a tight space on the edge of the box and um, just made us keep it and prevented counter attacks and little things like that. But yeah, on the whole, I do agree. Oh, uh, what about you, Will? I think the only thing I've got to defend White is the fact that he's though he's quite a big guy and we were putting balls into him. Ryan Edwards is even bigger than White is. He's enormous. So a lot of the 50-50s, White was just getting brushed aside by a much bigger player. And then Mulg was obviously incredibly experienced and knew exactly how to position himself to get any loose balls. Um, I would say positive performances. I thought 
other than the goal, Maynard Brewer did quite well. I thought Baldwin was good. I thought Concola was good. Um, and I thought Spittle, Charles Cook and Hungbo was usual. Oh, sorry, but Hungbo when he came on was good as well. Um, other than that, there wasn't anyone that was poor, I don't think, really. I yeah I agree I I to be fair forgot to mention the wingers, um they've been chopped and changed a bit over these past three games and uh me I'm blurring the games a little bit I've had to like literally before this podcast I have to look who started which, um I don't think they've stood out as much as um apart from probably Spill they haven't stood out as much as they have previously this season but I think they've still been, um very solid created a lot of problems especially um. Especially Hungbo, as you said, Peter, he wreaks havoc uh, whatever game he plays. Uh, on the St. Mirren, unless you've got any other thing, anything else to say? I'm happy to move on. I'll just say one thing about the United game was um, when I thought I was shaking my head going, oh, not again, was when Segris made that reaction save off um, uh, Spittle, the one that deflected off the Dundee United player, and he got down to this bottom with his left hand and pushed it past the post. I thought that was an incredible save and I thought, oh, we're never going to score if he's going to keep doing that. But then we ended up scoring in the last minute. Seagrist is unreal. He's one of the best keepers in the league, I think. Yeah, yeah. he is. Uh, so for St. Mirren, uh, Malky Mackay rang the changes. There was a big return uh, in uh, Jake Vulcans for the suspended Clark. Um, Kalkan came in for Tilson. Humble came in for Charles Cook, and we freed Dominic Samuel. He came in for Jordan White. Uh, what did you think? You think about that lineup? Um, yeah, I thought it was good for for what we had. Um, obviously, Clark being out is never good. Um, but Vulcans, you know, on loan for Southampton, he's obviously there's got to be a good player in there somewhere. Came in at left back. Uh, Randall back over to his natural position, if you will. Um, yeah, I was happy to see Samuel in. I think we needed to change up top. I felt, I, th- I don't know, I think White's getting a wee bit stale. I think he's setting, I don't know if the play style is really um, bringing the best out of him. So, yeah, I was happy to see Samuel come in. Something I wanted to touch on. So, yeah, I wasn't um, I wasn't watching this game. I was uh, I was doing like a first aid thing. So I wasn't there, but I heard and I didn't see that Iakovic went down and had to be replaced. Um, and I haven't seen anything since. Is that like, like a, is that like a severe problem or? It looked like a groin or a thigh strain. Yeah, it didn't look good, um, to to say the least. But again, we've with the with the um St Johnson game getting postponed. I guess he's had a bit longer to recover, but. I've not actually seen or heard anything about if he's fit or not. I don't think he will be. Not with the way he was walking. I think he'll be out another couple of weeks at least, I think. Yeah. Right. That's uh, that's a shame. Iacoviti probably hasn't been funny enough uh, with the how we were at the defence last season. I don't think he's hit the, height, the heights he did at the tail end of last season, but he's still been a mainstay. And I hope he's back soon. Um... Peter, I'm gonna kind of let you take the lead from here because, as I said, I wasn't watching this. So opinions about the first? I heard in the first half we were way better than we were in the second. Yeah, um, we were. Um, as you said, and there we we had the best of the first half. I think right from the off, I thought 
I was, you know, I was quite excited. I thought, like, wow, well, yeah, we're looking really sharp here. I was, I was thinking it could be, could be a good day. Um, I mean, we had, we had a good few chances in the first half as well. Um, we probably should have been one nil up. Um, I would say the best chance we had was probably Dominic Samuel. Um, a ball got played over the top. Uh, he took a magnificent touch to sit down Marcus Fraser. Um, and the, the shot just wasn't good enough at the end of it, but. Again, I think he looked very, very sharp in the first half. He did fall off towards the second the end of the second half. Maybe that's just fitness levels. But yeah, first half, I really thought we should have been at least a goal to the good. Yeah. Um, Marcus Fraser will be, having, will be having nightmares about that first half from Hungbo. Hungbo torched him every time he got the ball. If Fraser got tight, he'd turn him. If he stayed off, he'd beat him for pace. Fraser, one point, tried to barge him out of the way, and Fraser went over on his arse. It was great to see. It was it's good that Marcus game. Fraser didn't score. It's good that Marcus Fraser didn't score against us for once. Yeah, I think I really wish we won so we could just wrap it around him. But he's still got those <laughs> two goals over us. Yeah, it's uh, not the best. Let's move on from Marcus Fraser. Um, if there's the second half, what went? Uh, it didn't. It didn't go wrong. We got another clean sheet. But let's say what went worse? Did Saint Marin make changes or did we just go stale? We, yeah, it's hard to say. I think we really just, I don't know, it kind of felt like we tired a bit. We weren't, um, our line wasn't stationed as high. Um, we weren't pressing as much. Um, it was quite strange, actually, because it went from being such a good first half to just like, it was as if we were just kind of waiting for St. Mirren to score. But what I will say is um, the back four, the defence was absolutely incredible against St Mirren. Yes, it was nil-nil. We didn't get the win, but wow. The way they defended their box, because, you know, we kind of sat off them a bit, and that was that would be worrying in normal circumstances when you're Ross County. If you sit off, you know, you're you're inviting a team to concede, but Jack Baldwin, Keith Watson off the bench, two full-backs, immense. I've got, I could not, don't have a bad word to say about any of them. They defended the box admirably. It was brilliant. Yeah, fully agreed. I think in regards to our formation, I think the main out ball in the first half would have been Hungbo. And I think Fraser got tight the whole second half and Tanzer and Dunn made sure they were close to Fraser. So if Fraser even looked like getting turned, they were there. So Hungbo had nothing in the second half. But agreed with them, agreed that the, the defence in the second half were just immense. Every single one of them, bodies everywhere, just chucking themselves. I don't think, did St. Mirren get one clean shot away at Maynard Brewer? Because there was always someone getting a, a nick on it or a body in the way it would come through, but it was at half half pace. They could just drop on it. It was incredible to see. It was brilliant. I would say it's the best we've defended all season, definitely. And I think what I mentioned earlier is that the mistakes are starting to slowly drip out. I think that was definitely, you know, that game you can think, wow, like you can see that work's been put into the defence and it's definitely paying off. People like Jack Baldwin completely proved me wrong. I was not sure in him at all, but wow, he was honestly probably the best performance I've seen from a county centre half in a long, long time then against St Mirren. Yeah. Do you think I, I I I haven't well we haven't advocate over the course of this um over the course of the season. Do you think partly that's a byproduct of having uh, Keith Watson back in for an extended period of time? I know he said with uh, throwing bodies on the line and everything, do you think he had a influence on those around him? Um he he would have done definitely. I mean, he's the club captain at the end of the day. Um, he's our most experienced player in the squad. 
Um, and I'll be honest, I wasn't sure when he came on because I think even up until Yakovic got injured, I think we were defending well anyway. Um, but Watson coming on really shored us up. And yeah, like Will said, there was n- I can't think of any clean St. Men and chances that were had in the second half at all with Watson and Baldwin being just such a monstrous, formidable pair. That's just um, chucking. I didn't want. Sorry. Oh, you go, man. That's completely I'm important. I didn't watch the game, as I said. This is the first time I've heard this, and I am delighted. I we got the clean sheet, but I took I took the reports as a little bit of a battering. We got a bit a bit lucky, but to hear that we were bodies on the line and at the end of the day, really solid. Um, reinforces that. Uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, touch wood, everything I could possibly do, we're uh, turning a corner, hopefully. Yeah, I, I know, obviously, I'm, I'm weary to say that as well, but it does seem like that. I think we've had a string of positive results now. Um, you know, with the with the exclusion of Celtic um, on Wednesday night, I think we've got a good run of fixtures um, in this busy period. Um and I definitely think we can we can pick up. I mean, looking at looking at the games, I think we could definitely pick up at least nine points. To and I, I know that seems like mad, but I genuinely believe we could if we keep up that that if we keep up that level of defending. I don't see why we can't. Hopefully the um, hopefully the running has plenty of points and uh, no more instances of people getting stuck in Perth. Let me just get up the fixtures. Um, I know County posted it this morning, so let me just find it. Um, While you're looking that up, uh, do you want to start talking about Dundee? I've found it. No worries. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so obviously right. we've got we've got Dundee at home on Saturday. Um, you know, I, I would see us. I you know that's a big opportunity. It's a massive game. Um, then Celtic. You know, you could argue it's a free hit, although they've got injury problems, etc. No one's gonna see us picking up a win. Then we've got Livingston, who are struggling. St. Johnston, who are struggling. Barely scored goals this season. Hearts away on Boxing Day. That'll be tough. Wouldn't expect a win there. Motherwell at home. Our games against Motherwell are always tightly contested. No one really knows what's going to happen there. Uh, could, could probably go either way. And then Aberdeen at home. Uh, Aberdeen, you'd normally expect us to lose, but they're having a tough season. So definitely a lot of favourable fixtures uh, in the next period, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I'm just happy we're not looking at three quarters of the league thinking, oh, uh, we'll be hard pushed to get points off that one. Yeah, that's a good point. I think, you know, like at the start of the season, you know, everyone spoke about our run of fixtures. I guess it's not too dissimilar, but, you know, with performances being so so improved and a string of positive results, it really does change change the mindset. It's, it's a lot of fixtures in um in, in a short space of time, we've got Dundee tomorrow, and we've been playing on the fifteenth, the eighteenth, the twenty second, the twenty sixth, the 29th and the second, and then we have two, we have three weeks off after that when we're down at Livy again. It's that's a lot of football. It is a lot of football, yeah. and I think that I think this is a thing that will test us um, more so is that I think I'll, uh, we could potentially see a lot of new faces coming into the squad because there's no way that you know your Hangbos, Charles Cook, Spittle, there's no way they can play all of those games it's just not possible you know it's inevitable that people will get tired or someone's going to get injured so I think that'll be a big test for Malky and the squad is that you know everyone is probably going to have to get used at some point throughout those 
those fixtures. This is like way, like way off topic, but the Academy Boys loan contracts got run till January, right? Along with Grievo. Yeah, I believe you're right. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what. Well, with with the way Malky was talking about the start of the season, I think he will send them back out on loan. But it'll be interesting to see in the little while they're back, or even maybe the rest of the season they're back, um, how they'll be utilised. Because um, from what I've seen and what I've heard, they've all had really productive loan spells. Yeah, definitely. And I think, um, especially over that winter break period, that three weeks, I don't know what, I don't know if the club have like plans or like if there's a training camp or something. Or they normally do go somewhere, I believe, but I don't know if they are. Even if it is just. Um, at the stadium, though, you know, there's a lot of chance for the young boys to prove themselves, I guess, and to show that you know maybe they do have a chance, or maybe they can go out on loan to a better team than they've previously been at. Yeah, here, here's hoping. I'm a yeah, get yeah, get get them in the squad. I can barely wait for them to be uh, making a real breakthrough. Get Grievo back in. Honestly, I miss him. Honestly, with a especially now with Iakovitia, left footed centre backs, and he's versatile as well. He can play right back, centre mid, arguably. That's in... where I see his long term position, Gravosti, defensive centre midfield. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that position, you know, for the attributes he's got and what we've seen, I can definitely see him settling there. With um. You said you said right back. Have I just completely made up that he's left footed? Then see, that's the no, thing. I, I don't. He, I think he might be left footed, but I, I, I'm pretty sure on transfer market and on FIFA and somewhere else, maybe it's Football Manager. They all say I think that he's he's some footed, but he's actually the other foot. I can't remember what way it round it is. I'm sure he's left footed. Right. I'm sure he is. I'm sure he's left footed because he always tends to to play his long booming passes with his left foot. Yeah, and did he? I'm pretty sure he made his debut at left back against Cali in the championship, so he probably is left footed. But you know, oh, man, he, he, he's probably comfortable back. with both feet. Let's just say that. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I honestly can't wait. Like us, oh, what a player. Um. Anyway, uh, onto the Dundee game. Um, we've gone off track a bit. Um, my request is six 0 this time, but I doubt it'll go this way. Uh, they're in a better run of form than we found them in last time. Um, do you want to get straight onto some lineups, or have you got anything more to add about uh our Dundee friends? I mean, all, all I've really got to say is I think you know it sounds backwards, but I think we kind of did them a favor by battering them five 0 We kind of gave them a wake up call. Um. And now they look like a much better team than what we saw. I think, you know, taking that 5-0 drubbing really made them realise, right, we, we have to step up. And they've done that, to be fair. They've picked up a few wins here and there. Um, and I think they're five points ahead of us. I'm not looking at the table, but I think they're like four or five points ahead of us now. But obviously we've got games in hand and things like that. So it's it's massive, though. It's massive. It's probably the biggest game that we've had so far. If you don't include their games against the old firm, Dundee have got nine points from nine, have scored five and conceded none since we played them. Exactly. Wow. Uh, I didn't know it was. I didn't know it was that concrete, but there's my point proven. Well, uh, no, I didn't. Wow. What's that? What, whoa. Wow. Um, have we got lined up with some bits of paper or a general idea? Yeah, I've got. I I had one, and then I've you know 
the, for the Yakubiti issue has played into part, so I've changed mine a bit. But yeah, I've got one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I'll get started with the the man and goal. I've actually put down for the first time Maynard Brewer because he's been playing quite well um, after his shaky spell. If it was up to me, then yeah, I'd put Ross Laidlaw back in, but I just don't. It's, it's not going to happen now uh, with Maynard Brewer sta- stabilizing a bit. Yeah, I've got him in as well. Um, I'm I'm the same as you. I've put him down for one of the first times, but I think we spoke about how good the defense was, and it's clear to see there's a few relationships building there now. So yeah, he's got to start. I think it'll start. There's, there's Randall, I would love to. Oh, sorry, Laidlaw. I'd love to see Laidlaw back, but no, nah, it's going to be Maynard Brewer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not really much more to add there. Uh, have we gone for back fours? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So uh, I'll just name my. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll just name mine. Uh, uh, to from left to right. I've got Vulcans, Watson, Baldwin, and Clark. I did think about putting Clark at centre half, but I think uh, with what you've said about Watson and Baldwin together, you've swayed me. Yeah, uh, I've got the exact same. Um, obviously, I don't know, it's just the order you read them out. I've got Baldwin on the left, but um, yeah, I've got the exact same. I just really feel that Harry Clark is too good going forward to to use him at centre back. You know, while we've got him for the short time, and when we do, we need to use him productively and we need to get him up the park because he's got such good quality. Yeah, and I'm the same. I, I feel kind of harsh on Randall after he did so well at left back, but I was quite impressed with what I saw of Vulcans, so it's got to be Clark and Vulcans down the wings. Yeah, I feel the same. I think Randall could easily start a left back, but uh, I know I'm going off topic again, but I was against, um, against I think it was Dundee United, maybe. Uh, yeah, against Dundee United, when every time the ball was getting put from side to side, I was getting so infuriated watching Randall at left back because... He just doesn't have any confidence in himself to play the ball down the line with his left foot. It was always going back inside or going back to the centre-back, where if it would just go to the left, it would have been so much more easy to attack. So I think with Vulcans there, he's obviously a quality player. We've just not seen it yet. I think that's a, a tasty-looking back line. Yeah, it's uh, it's also a time to have, uh, finally, an out-and-out left-back. We've had centre-mids there with Ben Payton, who, by the way, we need to we need to have Ben Payton back soon. Uh, I know to be fair, he's on a fairly long term contract. I think so he's got plenty of time, but um, I'm glad we've got that competition. Uh, Want to get onto the midfield? Yeah, Ronnie, go. I'm uh, still thinking so about. I've so I've gone for. A... Oh, okay, I've gone for a pretty flat three. I've gone for Cancola, Tilson, and Harry Payton. Yeah, same with me. Yeah, see, I've not gone for that. <laughs> um, I I think it's harsh to not play Cancola. Um, I've gone for Tilson and Payton, sort of in a in a double pivot, if you will. I think I would definitely have Tilson in against Dundee, just because I feel like we kind of need that rattiness, that that lots of running, the tackling, uh, the tenacity to kind of match that midfield that they've got, which is full of energy. Um, and also Peyton, just because I think he's been really, really good the past few games and he's got such good quality. Uh, I don't have a bad word to say about Cancola, honestly. I just think that those two are would be better for the kind of formation just... I've gone for anyway. 
Um, I'm assuming you've gone for someone a bit further forward because obviously we beat them five 0 last time. Are you gonna say? Uh, I'm just gonna, assuming you're gonna say we need to go more attacking. Um, in a sense, yes. Uh, I mean, obviously, I would not just say go more attacking because we beat them five 0 Because obviously, we just spoke about how they've stepped up their game, but I've kind of gone for like the the four two three one, if you will. That's the kind of formation I'm going for. Okay, fair enough. My um, my thing with that is that if you're playing the four two three one, I'd actually play Cancola over Tilson. Right, really? What, I know. What, hmm. I I know play them both. Been that. Sorry. You could. That's the thing. I'm thinking about now playing them both because you could just play them both and then play Harry Payton, play more advanced. Oh yeah, I suppose. Who? Hmm. Sorry, oh, sorry, Will. We've completely brushed over your. You I've just there. realised I didn't pick a three. I picked a two as well. I picked. I put Cancola slash Tilson and Payton. Ah. <laughs> All right. I wasn't sure because I'm not quite sure because I think one of them is going to have to do a lot of work getting close to Charlie Adam. Yeah, I was thinking about that as well. And I think Tilson's probably more capable of that. He's certainly more mobile, yeah. But then again, think... Cancola does have more... I would argue that he's got more, definitely more quality on the ball for in terms of spraying passes and stuff like that. He's more of an Ian Vigers type that, that can do that, whereas Tilson's not that at all. No, but he knows think, what he's good at. I think I think because of Ken Cole and Tilson's differences, I think their differences are being exaggerated. Like uh, Tilson can move. He can move a lot, but he's not particularly technical. Ken Cole is less mobile but he's more technically gift gifted. I don't think they're I don't think they're two extremes. I think Tilson can pass and Cancola can put in a challenge. But then again, um, I, I would have to say, sorry to jump in, but then I'd have to say that Harry Payton's kinda of got a bit of everything. You know, he's got the quality and the passing, but then he's also got the the running and the mobility and he's not afraid to put in a challenge as well. So I guess I think that's really why I've put him in there. Uh, yeah, I oh, know. I think, uh, I, yeah, I think Harry Payton is non-negotiable, at least for me. Uh, yeah, somewhere in the midfield, anyway. Would be it in a six role or a ten role? I'm not sure. Right. Um... It's because so... well, I had I had Spittle playing playing further forwards at the top of a three, basically. Okay. Um, I'd be happy to go for that. Um, I would. But you both okay, have come, you, Will, if you both have Concola, then we kind of we have to go with that. Will, if you were uh, if if you were pushed for an answer, would you go Concola or Tilson? Um, if Peyton's playing with his passing, I'd probably edge toward Tilson just because he he can he can get about the pitch better. Although um, Concola's a smarter player, um, Tilson works harder. Okay, I'll go. I'll go with that then. Um, all right, so that um, the three behind the striker. If I was playing that, I'd go with um, Spittle just in front, and then obviously Chelsea come on the right. I'm assuming that's what you've got here. Yeah, it is. yeah. Okay, and then uh, the striker. This is probably an interesting part of the team. Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm really unsure about this, so I'll let you go first. I um, after watching this because you didn't watch the last game, I thought White when he came on against um, St Mirren actually changed the game. Um, he actually gave us a presence to build off. Whereas Samuel just dropped out of the game after the first half. He wasn't in the second half at all. 
So I think it'll be harsh on Dropmite because he really he, we started getting back in the game when he came on. Um, although we definitely weren't, weren't on top at any point, we improved when he came on, and I think it's worth giving another shot. Yeah, I agree. He did change the game, but then also I think in the first half I was impressed by Dominic Samuel, and I did think he looked really sharp. Um, and I thought his movement was decent, and yeah, he did throw himself to the deck on the odd occasion, which people weren't too happy about. But I mean, oh, it's really tough because I think can White's I just, White's been poor, you know, in my just, opinion, in the past few games. But I'm not sure can what I to just do. Cut in. So that this might come across a bit harsh, but the fact that Jordan White has been more effective off the bench than he's been over the past three, four games starting probably uh, nudges me towards Samuel. I was going to say Dominic Samuel anyway, but that's kind of a set in stone for me that White's been more effective off the bench. Yeah, I guess that's a fair point, but I mean, I'm thinking about Dundee's back line and who they're going to have at centre-half. Obviously, I think they'll probably have Ashcroft, Ashcroft. Fontaine. I, w- I wouldn't say, I think, you know, if, if we're looking to get crosses into the box and I would probably play white because I don't I don't really I don't rate Fontaine at all and I think white could definitely get the better of him. I think the only problem if you if you say white they have a uh, Ryan Sweeney who is mm, nearly yeah. seven foot. Yeah he is he is big. Uh, I forgot about him. Yeah I, I really don't know what to do. So I'm I gonna think I'm gonna step back and you two can decide and I'll be neither, happy whatever. Neither striker is gonna bully that those center halves. Neither one. I know White's got the physicality, but as you said earlier, did a bit of a number on him, and they're less physical, I'd argue, than this uh, Dundee backline bar, maybe, you know, Fontaine. Um, Samuel's got good feet, and obviously Dundee have been in better form, but they've still been leaky earlier in the season. I think Samuel's the striker more likely to get that to come back out. The only problem with Samuel was um, the thing that summed him up for me at County was uh, the game against St Mirren, where he was down on our left and he took the ball down well, good touch, moved into space, did a whole bunch of jinking. The St Mirren defender was nearly falling over and he blasted it out of the ground. He could have put it anywhere. He just put it about, he did a Harry Payton basically, put it 60 yards out of the jail end. But I see what you're saying. It is really tough. It's really, really tough. They've both got something, they can both offer something different that's good in this game. And I mean, uh, I don't know. Let's just chuck Hungboard, we can Charles Cook up front again. <laughs> honestly, it's tempting. <laughs> I'm honestly thinking you could just go Hungboard through the middle, bring in Callahan or Cancola, move Spittle out wide, something like that, honestly. Cause to, to be honest, I don't know. The last, time, really don't the last know. time that happened, we scored within seven minutes with one of the people up front scoring. So I'd be down to put one of them up front again. Sorry. Maybe we do that then. We just we just forget about the two actual strikers. Yeah, let's go for it. When we're, when I mean, we're we, at... do have, we do have Alex Samuel, Will. You got anything oh. to say about Alex Samuel today? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Big man, little man, Jordan White and Alex Samuel. But Alex oh. Samuel's about six foot one. <laughs> He's a little man. Is it? Wait, what? No. He's not that small, Alex. He's bigger. He's as big as uh, he's Dominic like, Samuel. He's like five foot seven. He can't be. He's no, he's not surely. five foot seven. He's not the same height as Midge. No way. Not a chance, Ramsey. <laughs> Are you googling it? What? Am I, have I just been hallucinating? Six foot, hundred eighty-three cent, hundred eighty-three centimeters. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? No way. You're having a laugh. 
That's Wikipedia what? He's he's literally Craig Curran V two. He just runs about. I've what I've been, I've been what. I, I'm I'm speechless. I what, you actually I've, thought he was we? I've seen him in the flesh. What? <laughs> he's, he's 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 Craig Curran, but taller because Craig Curran was a wee guy, but Salah was what, not at all. What, wait, why did I think he was tiny? What that? Wow. <laughs> um. Do you want to play okay. him now then? Because you found out he's six feet, you could probably win a header. That is cr- wow. I'll- Sorry, I've done you dirty. <laughs> Five foot seven, that's a violation. Oh, <laughs> right. Um, so we've okay, so uh, we're no further on in our striker debate, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so what about can call and Tilson? Uh, in the middle, push Spittle out wide, push Harry Payton up, then have Hangbo and Charles Cook up top. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy with that, you know. All right. up top. I'll read it from back to front and then we'll finish before I violate one of our other players. Uh, so we've got Maynard Bruin goal. We've got uh, uh, Vulcans, Watson, Baldwin and Clark as our back line. Uh, two holding mids, Hankel and Tilson. We pushed up Harry Payton uh, and Blair Spittle as sort of attacking mids and as strikers. Again, we've gone with Will's tactic. We've gone Charles Cook and Hungbo. Yeah, I like it actually. I think it's better than humming and hawing over who to play up top. Just go for the Mr. Reliables. Yeah, we're gonna. We we're probably gonna have this week. The more that like the longer it goes with both of them not scoring goals. Yeah, I mean roll on January, honestly. <laughs> Gas the transfer window. Uh, uh it's probably a good place to end things. Um yeah, cheers for listening. Uh again, uh podcast after a little while. Um but we, hopefully... we will we will try and re- retain the consistency for a change. We do have, we, I'm actually, I'm not going to promise anything because we've got a lot of games, actually. So, Yeah, we'll do our best. Uh, see you next week or whenever we record again.